this uh, session today, I've decided I don't want to stand up and preach. I really want to sit down and share my heart with you and speak on the subject of, of how to keep motivated in ministry as a leader. How to keep motivated. So often I've been asked that question. Dudley, you've been in ministry for 50 odd years or whatever the case might be. Uh, how come you're still on fire for God? How come you, what, what, tell, share with us some of the things that maybe it will help us to keep motivated into the future. Well, um, I'm going to sit down and just try my best to do that. Now, I don't want this to be a motivational talk. Motivational talks generally, if they're so-called Christian motivational, so are people sharing ideas with you and then finding a little uh, scripture to tag on to that idea. I want this to be rooted in scripture. Uh, it's based scripture. And out of scripture, drawing what scripture says for us um, to keep us Holy Spirit motivated with a true heart seeking after and going after God. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, uh, Paul writes, and he includes a man in there called Archippus, and he says this, Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the work you've received in the Lord. So he's saying, I don't want Archippus just to have started well. I want him to end well, and I want him to do well all the way through to complete everything that God has for you. And that's God's desire for all of us in ministry. God has a call for your life, a call for my life, work that he wants us to do. And he wants us to complete every part of it uh, from beginning to end. And uh, there's another wonderful scripture I just want to share with you that, that, I, that these, these, these things are part of what I'm rooted in. For, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 22 to 24, I'm going to put, pull out just a part of that. Paul writes this, he says, for me to live is, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But he goes on and he says this, if I am to go on living in the body, in other words, while I'm alive, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. This will mean fruitful labor for as long as I'm alive. Uh, one other uh, Bible says this, uh, while I'm alive in this body, there is good work for me to do. So, be encouraged. God wants us from the beginning to the end of our Christian experience to count for him. Now, to be rooted in the scriptures, that means you're going to have to really do some reading of the scriptures. I'm hoping I can maybe re read these other two scriptures. I've given you this, uh, these two, Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, and Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 to 24. There's three others that I'd like to give you. One's in the New Testament, or two of them, but the, I'll start with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, because it's, a, it's just a short verse. But Paul writes this, he says, And, and we who are with unveiled faces all reflect the, the Lord's glory. And we are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So when, if we're going to be motivated, we need to be motivated by the Spirit of God, not just pep talks. And we're being transformed in the, the Spirit's what, when the Holy Spirit motivates us, he, he, we've been changed all the time. We're not the same as we were before. To what I am today, I won't be tomorrow. I'm going to be more like Jesus. So we're all being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, which is the Spirit, who is the Spirit. 
But I'd like you also, and I'm hoping I can read a bit of this a little later, in Proverbs chapter 3, the first 18 verses, and also to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the first 16 verses, hoping we can read them together throughout this time. So, how to keep motivated? Um, in leadership all the time, what, what are the things that I found that are helpful? Well, first of all, when we are, this is not in any order of priority, I'm just sharing some things as I, as I wrote them down. When we're looking to discover the, full, the, the, the future of the church, don't fail to give careful attention to the 2,000 years history. I always used to say to the leaders, give, that, give us heart, handles, and history. We need to know where we've come from. Uh, how did we get to where we are now? 2,000 years of church history. That's what we've got. That's our advantage over people like Paul and John and others around who even walked with Jesus. We've got 2,000 years of history. But also, what did the cloud of witnesses... We don't just throw away what the cloud of witnesses uh, did right. Also, what are the non-negotiables? Um, the things that cannot be changed that we're going to stand for. Don't throw those away when we're trying to discover the future of the church. <clears throat> also remember this. Ask yourself the question, what is good that's still in the old when we're looking for the new? What's good in the old that we must not throw away? And then what is novel in the things that are being presented to us as the new or innovative? Be careful of just the novel. I said this and I'm going to read, uh, say it again to you. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said, Never remove a fence until you know why it was erected in the first place. Never erect a fence until you know why it was erected in the first place. You know, so much that is considered innovative really is just stuff that was discovered, I, I will, personally, I, and I know I read this somewhere before, but personally, I've never seen anything that people have come with and said, this is innovative, that wasn't actually something that business sector was already doing. The church has not discovered any, quote, innovative things in my lifetime that the business sector, the world, wasn't already doing, discovered it before us. It's just, what am I trying to say? Very often all we're doing is imitating what the world is doing and hoping that God will just tag his blessing onto it. And I'm asking you, just do what God wants and I'll show you what I mean by that now. So, what I'm hoping in this possibly two sessions, that's what I think is going to happen here, is I want to share from what I've found by revelation, by observation and also by miscalculation. In other words, things that I've discovered when I've made a mess of things, failure, and God has helped me uh, to readjust in those things. The subject uh, of motivation needs to cover day-to-day -day living, every day, how we live, decision-making, uh, because decisions that we make now can have long-term uh, long uh, effects and ramifications in counselling and keeping in vision. So, Above all else, just remember this. Keep God and knowing God the main thing. God, I want to know you. I don't want to know about you. I don't want to know tricks. I don't want to know all the 
tricks of the trade. I want to know you, God. Please, I want to be like Jesus to know you. John 17, verse 6 and verse 26, Jesus says, I have revealed you to them. I have made you known to them. And I want to know you, Father, that I might make known as a leader, always make people that they know who you are, what you are like, the truth about you. So keep God the main thing and your desire in ministry to help people to keep God, to know him better, to live all out for him. And be, remember, always be true to yourself. All right. You can't please everybody. Um, and that, not, and that you, you, none of the following are formulas that I'm going to share with you now. There's no one size fits all. I'm just trying to keep it broad strokes. But at the same time, you do need to be yourself. And that by and large, being religious kills people, both yourself and others. Don't be religious. So starting off, identify your own prior, your priorities. In other words, know what you're supposed to do. What is a leader supposed to do? What are you called to do? What am I called to do? Well, first of all, there's a number of things. I'm just going to highlight a few. You're there to represent God before the people authentically. Jesus was a nonconformist, but not out to impress people. Secondly, we're there to represent people before God in our priestly ministry. We're to hold people up before God, asking God to move on them. Now, thirdly, we're to know the condition of our sheep. Peter, Paul, all of these people say, care of the flock. Know your sheep. We need to know the condition of the sheep. Have enough love for them. Fourthly, we need, and maybe this should have been before the sheep, but your family is part of, the, of that flock. So knowing the condition of your sheep, but also know your family responsibilities, including yourself. You're part of your family. You've got to know your family responsibilities. So I'm going to be trying to share a few of those in this session or in the, the next session, but know those. The next part of what, is our, what are our priorities, what are we supposed to be doing, is, to, is message preparation. If we're called to preach, we need to preach out of messages that we genuinely have given our hearts to, preparing well. I'm going to read to you two scriptures. One's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm hoping you'll turn in that, the Bible to that as well. But 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and it's found in verses 1 and 2. Paul says this, So then men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must Prove faithful. I care very little if a man, if I am judged by you or any human court. Indeed, I don't even judge myself. But he goes on, he says later on in, in the, uh, the fifth verse, that he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each one of us will receive his praise from God. And then if you just move to Ephesians chapter 3 with me quickly. Ephesians chapter 3, all of these help us just to know something about message preparation, that we need to be authentic, we need to be presenting God, God's word, even if people don't like it. But in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 8, he says this, Although I am the least of, the, of, of God's people, this grace was given to me, and it's been given to you, it's been given to me. This grace was given to me 
to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and, listen to this now, to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery which for ages it past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Now, his intent was that through the church, now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to rulers and authorities, to the heavenly realm, etc. He goes on and on uh, with that. So we're to prepare in a way accurately that represents God, but that helps people to understand the mysteries of this gospel. God wants people to know, and that's what message preparation involves. Me trying to get into the deep things of God. What's God saying in this scripture? Does this scripture hold true with other scripture? And then moving on quickly, identifying your priorities, knowing what you're supposed to do, that God wants we to know that our meetings should be productive and biblical. It's part of what God wants. That's part of our call, that our meetings are productive. They're fruitful. They, they're bearing fruit. They're counting for God. They're seeing lives change and that they're doing it on a biblical basis. And then part of our our uh, our priorities are how we handle our staff, the administration of the church, which is a part of what Paul was writing, the, the administration of the kingdom, how to bring out the best in your staff. How much time do you ever give to thinking, Father, how can I bring the best out of these people that you've entrusted to me and entrusted me to them, that you've joined me in team with them and the, on, on staff with me, that have others that have forsaken uh, making big money and come alongside and working with me, how can I bring the best out in them? Then also, another one of our things that we're supposed to, to do, our priorities, is planning. Catching the wind of the Spirit. Planning. Getting before God. Letting the wind blow into our hearts. Bring, bringing revelation to our minds, our thoughts. Uh, all the strategies that God wants us to, to use to to be walking through the, the doors of opportunity that God has opened up for us, as Revelation 3, 7 says. So all of these are part of preparing a bride for God's Son to spend eternity with. So first of all, then, it's care, uh, is uh, that we, we um, identify our priorities. But secondly, and this is also equally important, is that we care, uh, that we care Enough to have personal contact with God's people. This is part of what God wants us to do. This is part of our call. That we care for those people. We spend time with them. Uh, we face to face, maybe over having a cup of coffee with them, a lunch here and there. Uh, the best way you can care for person people is personal contact, and that is face to face. Sitting down with them face to face. Second best is telephones, uh, where they just hear a voice. Uh, or, or, or PCs, Blackberries, whatever, the SMSs, whatever else you use. So we, to care, care enough for the shop flock, but also care enough for the lost, winning souls to Christ. Never lose that passion to seek people one for Christ. For me personally, I thank God every day that he saved me. I thank him for his precious blood, for the cross, for all the benefits of the blood of Jesus for redemption, for reconciliation with Him. And out of that flow, if we keep salvation, our own salvation, fresh before God, the gratitude, the feeling of, of, uh, of appreciation we have for being saved ourselves, we will keep a heart 
for the lost. Moving on quickly, the third thing is counseling. Not only are we to, uh, to care for people like, like we should or, and know what our priorities are, but we need to be counseling them. Uh, in other words, when I say that, I, I, if you want to keep motivated, you need when you're counseling to be receiving revelation from God as to what their problems are. To be relying on the Holy Spirit, not using books to try and find out how to psychologically analyze people. Um, we need revelation from God. That keeps us motivated to rely on the Holy Spirit, to help them, the people in front of us, while we counsel him, to discover, to find answers rather than us giving them answers all the time. Ask them questions that they have to think for themselves and then follow up. Don't ask them how much, so much how they're doing as letting them know you're praying for them, you're available for them. Part of the counseling is be accountable with your counsel without rejection. Help people, hold them accountable. Did you do what I said last time? How are you doing with that? Is it working? Uh, you see, we, what am I trying to say? Really, I'm saying if you keep getting just uh, failure in while you're counseling, it's, it's hard to keep motivated. But when you're relying on the Holy Spirit and you're doing it God's way, you know, often Jesus, when people ask him a question, he answered the question by beginning with another question. I'll tell you, this will help you a lot. I have found that most people, when they want advice, what they really want is you to endorse what they've already decided on. So don't waste a lot of time giving all sorts of this, this, this and this. Let them pour their hearts out before you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And then... Most of the counseling of a visionary elder, the guy who's leading that team, should come from the pulpit. Uh, when I get up and preach, I try to counsel every person sitting there, answer their questions from about the Bible by the revelation of the Spirit of God while I'm preaching. So, then, we've covered this know God, truly know Him. That ongoing encounter process of getting to know Him more and more and more and being more and more like Him and you could read Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. Paul's saying, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship he's suffering. And all that, that goes with it. Not that I've already attained, but I'm moving on. We're gonna, that's what we want. We want people to really know God. Keep God the focus of your life, all your life, all the time. Can I just itemize a few things there? Just highlight a few things quickly. When I say, keep God the focus, the focus of your praise life. I hope you praise God every day. But don't just praise God for His actions or His acts, but praise Him for His attributes. Praise Him for who He is more than you praise Him for what He's done or what He's doing. Praise God for whom God is all. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all the creatures here below. Praise Him above you, heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Praise God. Your prayer life, keep God the focus of your prayer life, not the problems. God, I'm looking to you, I'm bringing this problem to you because only you can solve it. The bigger, Lord, this is the problem, and go on and on about the problem. God, I'm bringing this problem to you, just bring it in quickly and let him be the focus of your prayer life. Let him be the focus of your passion. That your passion isn't just preaching. We need to be passionate while we're preaching, but some people live to preach. Our passion needs to be God-focused. 
even in the balance of the local and the translocal church. Keep God the focus. It, even those who want to highlight all the time that we need the presence of God. The presence of God is God with us. And so keep God the focus and God will be with us. If you keep God the focus, you won't be allowing sin and things to come in that stop him from being with you. God with us. That's who he is. So keep on pressing into him. Let God be the focus. Then moving on quickly. I hope you understood that thing correctly from my heart. Moving on. Never miss your daily devotions with God. Never miss meeting God daily. Waiting upon him. Making sure that you hear from him. From his word. By his spirit. In your spirit. Not just in here. Not just with your eyes. Not just with preached words. In your spirit. Searching the word of God creatively. And then moving on quickly because it's 20 minutes gone. Keeping prayed up. Ready for the unexpected. You know, Jesus didn't meet and encounter a problem and then say, hold on, I want to go and pray. I'm going to pray about it. He was ready. Why? Because he was prayed up. He spent time with God. He was ready for the unexpected and, and the counsel that, that people may need. Quickly moving on. I'm going to make this a 25-minute one and then a short one and the next one. Keep teachable. Able to learn from others. Be eager to learn. So many guys, the moment they look like they're becoming successful, but somehow or the other, they're just no longer teachable. You can see why you're trying to share something with you there. They're already thinking of how to show you, I knew this and I know better. Just keep teachable. But don't imitate people. Learn from them, but don't imitate them or follow the trends or the latest trends and fads. Give your team, those who God puts around you, give them and others opportunity to speak to you and share with you. Fellowship with other streams, other flows. Find out what they feel God is saying. And then moving on quickly, don't become too full of yourself. Become arrogant. The world doesn't need another preacher on his way to becoming an international superstar. I hope you hear that. And then also, please, moving on quickly, faithfulness, be faithful to the last thing that God revealed to you, the last revelation that God gave to you. Be faithful with it. God showed you this is what needs to be done. This is what you need to change in your life or in the church. This is what you need to be involved in. Well, if you're not faithful to that, why go back to God asking for more revelation, expecting him to do that when you're just ignoring the last? Be faithful with the last genuine revelation that God gave you, the last rhema word that God gave you, and move on in, in that. And then your daily disciplines. Maybe I need to just start that in the next session. I hope you, this hasn't been a, as much a preacher. I'm a preacher and I find myself just getting a little excited when I'm saying some of these things. But I am really sitting, wanting to share with you from my heart. Now, may God help you to take seriously just those few things. See how they apply in your own life. And we're going to just pray quickly together again, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you that you are for us. And if you're for us, who can be against us? You want us to succeed. You've given us all that we need through your promises and your presence, your power and all of your provision and your mighty protection. We thank you. Bless your people. 
in Jesus' name, and we'll give you the praise. We thank you. Amen.